You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Really, really excited to have you back yet again, and if it's your first time tuning in, we are glad that you are finally joining the movement here at Decoding Success and joining our amazing community of listeners. Now, I want to pose the question on you in regards to the ups and downs of not only life, but entrepreneurship and careers in corporate and beyond. Not for nothing, they could be troublesome to deal with. That is exactly why today we are joined by friend of the show, Kate Krakow, who specializes in helping individuals through the ups and downs of life, entrepreneurship, and careers. She provides psychotherapy in the state of New York and online mindset and confidence coaching worldwide. Kate has coached thousands of individuals through one-on-one, group, and mastermind programs, also while serving individuals through her book, her workbook bundles, courses, and programs. She's also the host of Thinking Like a Boss podcast and Confident Ladies Club Facebook community, which you could check out. All of those amazing links will be in the show notes of this episode. Now, On the topic of this episode, it would not be possible without our partner, Acadium. Now, I mentioned entrepreneurship. We all know how daunting it can be, especially when you're a solopreneur nonetheless, or hey, even when you're not a solopreneur, it could definitely be daunting as well. That is why Acadium is here to help you. If you are looking to grow, to scale your organization to the next level, if you're looking to 10X your business, Acadium is providing all of you that are tuned in right now, a very special offer to be able to level up by adding a remote marketing intern to your team to help you tackle any of the tasks that you need help with, whether that's internal or external from a client perspective, Acadium's remote marketing interns will help you do just that. Now to check them out, all you have to do is head over to the show notes of this episode to be able to do so. And hey, one last thing, I know you hear me say this over and over, but if you could leave us a rating and review, that would mean the absolute world to us. And I promise you that is my last ask before we dive into today's episode. So without further ado, we bring to you Kate Krakow. Kate, first and foremost, I want to express my gratitude. Super excited to have you joining us today. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm so pumped to connect with you and to just chat today. Likewise, likewise. So to that point, first question for you is how do you personally define success? Yeah, I love this question because I think my answer is a little bit different than what most people would say. And my definition of success is where you are today, exactly where you're sitting right now, because the former version of you dreamed to be in that place where you're at right now. And For some people, they may say, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't feel successful today. Like I'll be successful when I accomplish these things. And again, I say to them, just look back maybe five, 10 years ago. And if you were in that place and someone handed you a crystal ball and said, look at your life today, how would you react? And most of the clients I work with are people that answer this question for me say, they probably would start crying. They would be in disbelief that they are where where the crystal ball says they are. So I just want everyone who's listening today to just celebrate exactly where you are today because you have reached success. 
That is absolutely huge to say the least, but let's try and go a little deeper there. I want to understand how we can actually adapt to that mindset, right? And uh, I'm going to speak from my personal experience here. I'm very grateful for all that I've accomplished at 27 years old, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. knowing what I want to accomplish, like I I just feel like there is kind of like a a disconnect between the two, right? So um, I'm curious, like how do I adopt the mindset or the whatever it is to be so happy and understand that I am already a success? Mm. Well, I think it's, you know, again, like you have, you're only 20, only 27 years old and you have your whole life ahead of you. And I'm only 34 years old and have my whole life ahead of me. And I think just remembering again, like where we've come from. So in such a short period of time, like anything in your life can change, anything can happen. And I think that's what really gives me strength to keep me moving forward when I feel like my big goals are so far out of reach is I just remember like how quickly things can shift. And I think, you know, with our conversation we're going to have today around mindset, I think it's just so important that um, you continually check in with yourself and again, remind yourself like where you've been and where you want to go and then just celebrate where you are right now. Right. I love that. So kind of in regard to the question that you asked the individuals you work with, could Kate of 10 to 15 years ago, imagine her life being the way it is today? Like who was Kate back then? Oh gosh, hot mess express. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just to be honest with you, keeping it real today. Um, Yeah. 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I was not even in graduate school yet and I, I didn't really believe that there was a big purpose for my life. Um, I saw myself as getting a job and maybe becoming a mother, getting married, having a house, and that's it. Like going to the gym after work, like that would be my highlight of life. Um, Going out with friends on the weekends, but I could not have imagined or envisioned being where I am right now. And I think, you know, for me, it was just taking little steps. And, um, you know, I went to grad school, I got my master's in social work. And shortly after that started working in the field, I worked in hospitals, worked in some clinics as a therapist. And, you know, I, I loved the work that I did working one-on-one with the clients and doing groups with the clients, but I felt like there was something missing. I felt like I really wanted to do more. And, um, I also felt as a therapist at that time that I couldn't be true to myself. Like I, I needed to put this facade on and pretend like I had it all together. And little did anyone know on the outside that I was really struggling on the inside. And um, over the last 10 years, I've been in recovery from an eating disorder. You know, I found healing from that when I was in graduate school. And that was really the thing that sort of cracked everything open for me and made me realize that there was more to life. Um, And yeah, I, you know, was working in these clinics and hospitals and just not really feeling fulfilled. Again, feeling really stifled. Um, Like I couldn't share any part of my story. And I, I never imagined myself being able to even talk about this. Like, I just thought that as a therapist, you know, I would do my job and go home and I'd have like two separate lives. And um, somehow in that season, I was able to 
just start to think outside the box a little bit. I had some situations happen that were actually really big disappointments for me, but they got me thinking a little bit bigger. And um, I started to imagine like, what could my life look like if I actually had control of it, if I actually had freedom to create my day and to work with my clients how I want to work with my clients and be able to spend more time with them and have a business. And I thought to myself, maybe this is possible. Uh, so I started to Google and listen to podcasts and consume as much information as I could on business. And, you know, I really, again, while I was doing that, didn't see myself opening a business. I wasn't sure if it would be possible, but I said, you know, I'm going to put all these little baby steps into action and see where it takes me. And before I knew it, I had everything that I needed to start a business. All I needed was an office. And, um, I said, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to try this. Like if it doesn't work, you know, I have nothing to lose. It's not like I invested a ton of money into this business. So I put an ad up on psychology today. I hung up my shingle, opened my doors. And the crazy thing was it actually worked. Um, it didn't work right away. It took a little bit of time, right? Like it, you, you just don't have a business overnight. Um, but it did happen relatively fast. Um, within three and a half months of, le- of um, opening my first business as a therapist, I actually was able to give my resignation letter at my nine to five and shortly after I left. Um, and then since then, that's, it's just been a journey of um, learning about myself even more. I think that starting a business is one of the biggest personal development lessons you'll ever have in your life. If you're not well, if you're not in a good place, your business is not going to be in a good place. And I think it's so important that we hold a magnifying glass over ourselves all the time um, to just reevaluate like uh, the things that I'm doing right now, are these really getting me to where I want to be? Are these actions aligned with where I want to go. And, um, you know, it's like a reevaluating every little habit in your life. I, you know, right before getting on here, I was really wanting another cup of coffee. And then I said to myself, do I really need that? Like, how am I going to feel if I have that other cup of coffee? Like it's going to taste great, but I might feel a little jittery after. And that's not the best for my business. So I'm going to make myself some decaf tea. And that's what I did. I love that. Listen, first and foremost, Kate, I appreciate the transparency and, you know, keeping it real. I really, really do appreciate that. And I do want to go a little bit deeper into your journey. But before doing that, I do want to touch on something that you mentioned a little bit earlier there, which was externally looking good, but internally not necessarily feeling good. So... Mm. I want to go a little bit deeper into, you know, the experience of working on the internal. And the reason this comes up and the reason this resonates with me on a super high level is because this is something that I'm doing um, right now. And I'll, Oh, I'm always transparent on this show. I've always been one to just continuously put off the internal feeling and continuously chase the external feel good. So for instance, if I get nominated for Forbes 30 under 30, or if I do something on the external, whether that's, you know, landing an amazing client or something of that nature, I'm always chasing that, but never working on the internal. So what was it that you were doing, if you don't mind sharing from an internal perspective, that internal work? Yeah, so... Thinking back, you know, I think it was a lot of 
me needing to challenge things that, you know, I, I went to therapy for a few years, um, off and on. I got some coaches myself to help me just like hold a mirror up to me. And I think that I held on to so many teachings and mindsets of that I was really raised with as a child. And, you know, I think we all are like, we have these, we have this belief system and that's sort of formed and created from what we've seen as a child, whether it's, you know, what happens in our families or what happens around us, how we were raised. And I had to really separate from that. And I think, I think that was really freeing for me once I could start to do that. So I guess for someone that's listening and sort of going through that themselves, you know, I would say, I I think it's really about getting quiet and getting still and trying your hardest to turn off all of the noise around you and really start to ask yourself the question of like, what is it that I really want? What does Matt really want right now? What does Kate really want right now? Is this based off of what I think others think I should do or that I have to do or I need to do, or is this truly what I desire? And I think that, um, since I've been able to really ask myself that deep question, it's made things a lot easier. And, you know, this is all a learning experience. And I feel like every new layer that you peel away, you're going to find another one. And I think it's about, you know, I feel like even today, like I, I applaud your vulnerability for just, you know, saying that and saying that you're working towards, um, uncovering some things yourself as well. And I think that, um, you know, like today myself too, like I actually chose my 2020 word the other day and it was breakthrough because I feel like even though I've broken through so much throughout the years, there's still something so deep that's not yet shattered that like has to, like I I envision myself like running like through like a glass window And like, that's what I feel has to happen before I can really fully step out and be who I I believe I'm meant to be. And I know that she's in there. It's just going to take a little bit more work and a little bit digging to get there. And the reason I said that was because, you know, I, I think that we're always working on this and we're always uncovering more. And, um, I think that, when we uncover more, it, it's not that it gets harder. I think it actually gets easier in a way because we get so good at it that um, we have these skills that we can really support ourselves and it gets a little bit easier. So like the things that I uncover today as a 34-year-old, I can handle. But if I uncovered those as a 21-year-old, I mean, I probably, you know, I could be in a mental hospital. Like I wouldn't have been able to, I didn't have the skills then to be able to handle it or the resiliency. Um, So yeah, I think that, you know, just being an entrepreneur and having these goals, like it's, it's an ongoing process that never ends. Right. Definitely agree with you. And I'm just really curious, you kind of piqued my interest regarding like how quick we realize things in our lives. So for instance, you just mentioned like if you realized everything you realize now at 21, like you wouldn't have been able to handle it in ways. Do you find that to be true in 
you know, across all the people you work with, because oftentimes I, you know, tell people about what I've been through in life and they're like, holy shit, like you've been through a lot at such a young age. So I'm curious, you know, your, your take on that. Oh yeah. I, I, I think also that the people who have gone through the most, like you said, people are shocked when they hear what you, you've gone through, um, and that you've been so resilient. I think that people who have experienced the most pain really have the capability to find the most beauty in the world and the most beauty in everything around them. So yeah, that's, that's my thought on that. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. So we talked 10 to 15 years ago, we talked about that Kate, who was Kate in high school. And I'm just trying to bridge the gap here of the journey. And I would love to know, like, what was the dream back then? Oh, back. So even further back to high school. Right, right, right. Oh man. (laughs) Well, to be perfectly honest, back in high school, I was, um, I actually almost didn't finish because my priorities back then were parties, boys, um, just my outward appearance. And all of that was because I was hurting because I was not happy with myself. Um, I was a people pleaser back then. Um, you know, it's actually funny cause, uh, um, guidance counselor, I forgot, I forgot the term, a guidance counselor in high school had said to me, um, do you know, Kate, do you know what the definition of a fool is? And I said, I think so. And he said, it's someone who knows what they're supposed to be doing and isn't doing it. And that was actually the best thing that that guidance counselor could have said to me because it really gave me ammunition to think, wow, okay, maybe I can prove this person wrong. And I think that's what actually led to my, to me starting to find success and starting to do well was wanting to prove that person wrong back then. Um, and it's funny that you asked that cause I actually have not thought about that story in like years. Well, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, that is, you know, a quote that I literally just wrote down because it's <sighs> so true. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we all know what we should be doing yet. You know, we're not always willing to do it. Right. And I, I think that's incredible. And on top of that, I very much so resonate with the individual you were in high school. For me, I mean, I'll, again, full transparency, everyone that tunes into the show already knows this, that I've been kicked out of two high schools. Luckily, I was left mm-hmm. back in during my senior year to, to graduate. But, um, you know, it was all about playing sports. It was all about I became a club promoter back then, um, girls, et cetera. So I definitely resonate with that. But to connect the dots here, full spectrum now, how did therapy come into your life regarding you knowing that was what you wanted to pursue? Mm. So, you know, I say to people like, you're not going to know what you want to be when you grow up until you actually start doing. And like, even today, if someone says like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Kate? Like, I don't really know. Like, I know what I want to be today and I know what I want to be tomorrow, but that could completely change, right? Like our life can change in a split second. And, um, I didn't know that I wanted to be a therapist. I thought I wanted to be an elementary school teacher because my mom was. Um, It was sort of like, I felt like a safe thing to do for me, Um, have summers off, um, become a mother. And it was when I got, so I, uh, you know, I went to college to be an elementary school teacher. And then when I got there, I just started to take other classes. And I thought to myself, like, okay, this is what everyone told me I should be. Like, this is a great career to be in. It's flexible schedule. But 
maybe I could take a class for fun just to see what I like. And that's when I took a psychology class and I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm obsessed with human behavior and understanding why people do what they do. And I didn't know at that time that I had an eating disorder. I didn't know that there was anything wrong with me. Um, And I actually later didn't discover that until I went to graduate school, which is ironic. It was really scary for me. And, you know, there might be college students who are listening to this right now because I can still remember when I told my mom, hey, I've taken a couple psychology classes. I think I want to switch my major. I remember her and my, my grandparents were helping me get through college. So they were providing, um, you know, the finances and they were like, my mom was like, we have to like check with your grandfather, your grandparents. And I don't know if they're going to be happy that you're going to be changing the psychology. And I remember just like finding the strength to say like, this is actually what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And that's okay if you don't agree, but like, this is, this is my life. And I think that was a really big stepping stone for me being able to put my foot down and find my voice. Um, because that led to me changing my career path to psychology. And then that led to me going and getting my master's in social work. I definitely commend you for, you know, the, the pivoting. And one thing that I think stands out about what you just mentioned is the fact, and this is what I believe to, to be true. I think passion truly comes from mastery. So, um, you know, oftentimes people are like, you know, you need to do what you're passionate about. I mean, I'm passionate about baseball, but at my mm-hmm. age, after all my injuries, like I just know I'm not going to the MLB. So, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, like, I totally get what you're saying in regards to like knowing what you want to do today, tomorrow, but, um, you know, being open in ways as well. Um, So I definitely commend you for that. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And to that point, I would love to dive into what you are doing today, right? To, To continue along this journey. I know we kind of hopped around a little bit here, but in regard to helping individuals uncover what's holding us back, like what does that process look like? So today... I'm a therapist, and then I'm also a confidence and mindset coach for entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, so, you know, myself as an entrepreneur, I have experienced every limiting belief in the book, every lie out there. Um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not qualified enough. I'm, um, I don't have enough time. I'm not ready enough. And I think that it's just a part of entrepreneurship. And I think that, um, for so many people, they're looking for like that magic pill of like, what can I take? What can I learn so that I never have to experience this discomfort? And what I say to that is, you know, as long as you are growing and moving forward in your career in entrepreneurship, there's going to be uncomfortability. You're going to have different limiting beliefs that come up. And it's actually a really good sign when that happens because it means that you're moving forward and you're not staying still, right? Like when I think back to how I wanted to be a teacher, which is a great thing, you know, but. Um, like wanting to be a teacher, wanting to, you know, go to gym after, go to the gym after work, make dinner, watch TV. Like I probably wouldn't have much discomfort in my life if I had stayed on that path, the path of entrepreneurship and moving forward and what, you know, moving forward, maybe even in your career, um, is going to be the path that's going to bring up those limiting beliefs. And Again, each time you work through one of these, 
the process gets a little bit easier. Like you can just snap out of it a lot faster. Um, I don't think that there is anyone in this world who feels that they've completely made it and that they don't experience any sense of doubt um, or limit in their life. I think that this is something that everyone experiences. So just know today, if you're feeling like you're a failure or you're not in the place where you want to be, that you're not the only one and you are doing a great job. You're exactly where you're supposed to be today, actually. Um, So I think it's about just like shifting a lot of these beliefs and talking through them. I think that's the best way to do it. You know, you can read books. Um, You know, I wrote a book on the top 12 lies we tell ourselves and there's tons of exercises in there. But what what I'm going to be telling people when they get that book is it's so important that you have a community and you have people that you can discuss this stuff with, someone who can be an accountability partner for you Um, because you can't do this alone. If you try to do it alone, you're going to fail. Like that's an absolute. One thing I did this year and, you know, oftentimes I talk about this was create a mastermind group, you know, going all the way back to Napoleon Hill's thinking, grow rich and having that mastermind group or that community, as you mentioned, was super, super helpful just to bounce ideas off of and talk about the struggle or talk about, you know, the the high points of it. But I'm curious to ask you regarding deprecating thoughts or limiting thoughts, how do you stop them from being debilitating in the sense where, and I'll give you examples here. um, If someone's listening to this and they're in corporate and they want to transition into entrepreneurship, but you know, they're having those deprecating thoughts or those limiting thoughts, or I'll even give you a personal example. Um, when I'm speaking sometimes literally like in the moment of speaking, I'll start feeling like, is this message resonating with them? Dude, this sucks, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, throws me off. It becomes debilitating in a sense. I start catching anxiety and worry. I start getting hot. I start feeling my heart race, et cetera. So how do we stop that from, you know, coming about or how do we at least ease it in the moment? Totally. So I am 100% with you in the speaking piece. That's like one of my biggest things I'm trying to break through right now is like getting in front of a really big crowd and speaking because I experienced the same thing. Like I, I actually black out. Like I have no idea. Like I just forget everything I'm supposed to say. It's, it's actually pretty scary, but somehow I get through it. So I would say to someone who's experiencing that fear, um, first of all, just ask yourself, like, what's the worst thing that could really happen? Right. I think that there's really no worst, like the worst case scenario is like, maybe, maybe you do black, actually black out and pass out, but ask yourself, like, check the facts, check the evidence. How often has that really happened to someone? Like, has that ever happened to you before? Um, because I think we, we have these fears, but they're not always based on evidence. They're based off of this just big idea in our mind. So so let's go back to the person that like wants to leave their corporate career to start their business, but they're fearful. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? You know, what if, um, I don't make enough money? Again, like what's the worst thing that could really happen? Like, I guess you could, you could fail, right? 
but you have the credentials to like, maybe you still are at your job. So maybe you can't leave your job right away because the business failed, but you can pivot and you can try a new business. Or if you did leave your job already, because these are the questions I asked myself when I left my job, you know, like if I start this business and I have already quit my job, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I just go and get another job, right? There's plenty of jobs out there. And when I was able to flip that and realize, oh, it's actually not that bad, right? Like I'll figure it out. Like most of us have someone that would like, again, the worst case scenario is like you lose your house, um, you lose your car, like you lose everything. There probably is someone in the world who would take you in. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And just getting down to those facts and like really envisioning, like what would it really be like if it did happen? Okay. It would suck, but I could handle it. I could get back up. And it's funny. Cause like even recently, my husband, we have a couple other businesses together and, um, he experienced this moment of like, Oh my God, like what if we lose it all? And I said to him, okay, we lose it all. Like, it's okay. We'll start over. We can just start over. We still have each other. We are so fortunate. We have family that will take us in, that will take the babies in. You know, it's like when we're in that swirl of our mindset, it's so easy to like think that worst case scenario, which most likely was not going to happen with the, the, the thing that he was experiencing. Like we wouldn't lose it all, but you know, that was that first thought that he went to. And when I was able to say to him, okay, like, just look at the facts. We lose it all. We lose it all. You know, it's really not that big of a deal. We'll start over. And I think that gave him a lot of, um, just comfort knowing like, okay, it's really not that bad. I think that's a really beautiful thing that you have faith in that baseline, right? Um, I, I think that right there in itself is super powerful. And you know, it's something that really resonates with me is the fact that you mentioned like passing out on stage. That is legit my number one fear. Mm. I've never passed out in my entire mm. life mm. and I've never felt like I've needed or not needed, but was going to pass out maybe like a few times. And it's funny, you bring up coffee earlier. I literally yeah. have walked home from midtown Manhattan to Queens because of coffee. Like that's a whole other story, but (laughs) (laughs) like I walked 28 miles that day. It was insane. Um, but totally other story, but seriously, when it comes down to speaking, like my biggest fear is passing out on stage and it was never a thing. Yeah. Like it was never a thing like for my first, I don't know, five to 10 speaking engagements. And then after that, when I started doing it more often and I started speaking across the country, next thing you know, like I'm by myself, no road manager. And it's just like the pressure was on and I felt it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, am I going to pass out here on stage (sighs) in a state like Fargo, North Dakota, which, which is a perfect example. I was just like, Oh my God, like what are the medical doctors like here in Fargo? Like I'm just a million and one questions going through my mind. (laughs) How far is my hotel from the hospital? Like it is crazy what that thought did for me, but wow, that resonated with me on such a high level. And it's also cause you know, I think for you, like you said, it's, you didn't have it at first, but like you've had even bigger opportunities now. So there's so much more at stake. And it's like, wow, now there's not 10 people watching. There's 2000 people watching. And like, what are all of them going to think of me? Um, But I love that you said like, you've actually never passed out in your life. So there's 
no chance that you would pass out. Um, but something also that really helps me, um, for anyone listening and maybe for you too, is just, I think that we get fear and excitement mixed up quite often. Um, I bet you're so excited and I might just be making an assumption, but do you ever feel like just really excited about the opportunity? Like I get to speak to all these people. This was my lifelong dream. You know, I would have done anything for this 10 years ago. So like, do you ever feel excitement? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel excited for the opportunity. 110%. Number one, being able to have the platform to do so, right? Like Mm -hmm. looking back on my life when I identify or or when I come to the realization that I fucked up a million and one times Mm -hmm. and I still have this opportunity, right? Like that alone excites me. And then when the opportunity is actually there, when I'm in that moment, of course, I'm super excited. But um, yeah, I think that, and I I could be wrong. You you might be able to say this better than me, but I oftentimes from just doing my research on these things, I I know that there is a lot of um, similarity between chemical reactions in the body between excitement and, and fear, right? they're exactly the same. Like there's no difference. It's, you know, when I'm excited about something, my heart rate goes up, my palms get sweaty. Um, you know, I might feel a little bit jittery. Like think of yourself as a child. Like then if you celebrated Christmas, I'm not sure if you did, but like if you had the type of childhood that you would celebrate Christmas and like, you wouldn't be able to sleep the night before because you were so excited. You wanted to you know, see Santa come. Like I I look at my two-year-old this year and like she experienced that. Like she literally was up the entire night. We got zero sleep, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's, it's the same exact thing. It's just, and I, I think when you can tell yourself, that's what I do at least is, you know what? I'm actually really excited because I've prayed for this opportunity. I've always wanted to do this. So I need to just get out there and be excited and remember that there's so many people that are just sitting there waiting to receive what I have to give. And I need to just be myself and I need to just be able to deliver it to them. Right. It's super powerful to have faith. Um, Just not, you know, maybe not even on a spiritual level, but in yourself, like it's honestly everything. So I definitely appreciate that share. And now Kate, you brought up your book, um, Top 12 Lies We Tell Ourselves. I'm curious, what are some of them? I don't want you to give everything away, but I'm just curious. You piqued my interest here. What are some of like the top ones in your opinion that you're like, okay, cool. Like I've, and maybe not cool, but you've told yourself them. And I'm curious. So I, I think the biggest, the biggest one for me, that's always come up in my life. And I know that it's partly because of my past, because of my childhood, but they're not being enough time. And I think that so many people can resonate with this. Um, Just feeling like I have all of these hopes and dreams and I'm like stuck here, whether it's maybe you feel like you're, you know, you're in college still and you're waiting to get that degree, or um, maybe it's a time in your life where you're at a corporate job and you feel like I'm stuck here. I don't have enough time to actually go and build the business and make it go as fast as I want it to. Um, maybe it's you're you know, experiencing some type of um, health issue or you're caring for a loved one and you have a loss of time. I think that you know this hits us at any time in our life. Um, and what I like to say to people that really shifts things is, just tell yourself this, like today 
is actually the most amount of time you'll ever have. So stop making excuses, cut the things out of your life that you really don't want to be doing, but you feel like you should have to or need to do and start prioritizing what it is you really want. Because if we really want something, we will make the time to go and do it, right? Like if someone, uh, I think of like um, one of my biggest mentors and people that I look up to is Marie Forleo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marie Forleo. Very familiar. Yeah. And if I were to get a call from her and she says, hey, I'm available. Do you want to get coffee today at two? Unfortunately, I probably would have canceled this podcast recording, right? And found a way to go and get coffee with Marie Forleo because she's someone that I've always wanted to meet. And, you know, I think that when you want something bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen and time will not um, get in the way of that. Now, how much do you think instant gratification comes into that lie of there not being enough time? Because, um, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I want everything when I want yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to adjust to, to that belief. So, do you feel like that has a big play in it? Yeah, I, I think that. I think, I think also, like, the time that we're living right now, like, everything is instant gratification. So, I actually think it's harder for us, right? Like, we're, I guess, well, we're, sort of similar in age, but like when I think back to like, let's just say like middle school, um, like I couldn't just shoot a text message to someone. Like I'd have to call, pick up the phone, call them and hope that they'd call me back that week to say like, Oh, I can come play next week. Um, so I think that this is like a really tricky time that we're living in because everything is instantly. I, I think it makes it even more difficult. Yeah, and I'm 100%. a very impatient person. I will say that, I'll <laughs> that on this podcast today. I'm so impatient. Yeah, I mean, I, I resonate with that. I am very much so the same way. I'm kind of coming to that realization and being more self-aware of it and realizing like, you know, oftentimes what I find myself doing is going into projects that I want to do at some point in my life and making them happen a lot quicker. And you know what? This podcast is a perfect example. Granted, I'm grateful for all that it's yielded me. Um, and you know, all of the lives we've been able to impact through this by amplifying amazing individuals, you know, in their message, just like yourself today. Um, but I, it, it happens so often. It, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So Kate, you're coming out with a new book, Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. So first question about that. Can you break down that title? I want to know what Thinking Like a Boss is. Yeah. So Thinking Like a Boss is really just stepping into your true self and doing what you want to do, pushing all of those lies aside and just going for it. Like thinking about, like when I think of thinking like a boss, I think of if I sit here and I visualize like what I want my future self to be, really stepping into that version of myself and also remembering that I'm already that person. I just have a little bit of refining to do. Right. That's huge. So what made you feel compelled? Like what came over you and said, Kate, this is the time to write this book? Yeah. So again, I think if we wait for the right time, you're never going to find the right time. Like time, our days only get busier and filled with even more. So 
Um, it was like the worst time to start writing a book. I had my first daughter. I was so ambitious. I was like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom and also run a business. And everyone around me told me like, that's never going to happen. Babies don't nap. Like it's not what you think it's going to be. And I remember like wanting to curse everyone out before having a child. And then after having a child, realizing they were all right. And nothing was as I had hoped it would have gone. And I felt very isolated. Um, I was nursing the baby and literally stuck in a nursing chair all day long. And I, this was probably, she was around six months, months when I started it. Um, I got an email from a mentor who had written a cookbook and she was like, Hey, I want to put this group together, um, to help women write their first book like write their book proposal and teach you the process of like how to pitch it, how to get it out there. And I thought to myself, like, this is the worst timing. Um, I can barely like get a shower during the day because I have this baby home with me and I can barely run my business. Um, I don't have time for anything, but this might be the most time that I ever have. So what I did was I said, yes, And what I always say to people is if it's something you want badly, say yes, and then figure it out, figure it out after. So I said yes. And then thankfully daycare opened up. Thankfully the baby started taking a bottle, eating solid foods, taking some naps. I think when we energetically say yes to ourselves, it also allows what we're looking for to start to come in. Um, So I started writing my book on my phone. Like a lot of it was written on my phone in the nursing chair. Um, And then, you know, that was a journey in itself of just wanting to give up. Like writing the proposal was hard. Pitching to literary agents was hard. Getting rejections was hard. And then also getting rejections from publishers once I had the agent. But then there also was so much good that came with it. So it was a long process. Um, I actually can, I can say this. I just signed my third book deal uh, last week. So I have two more books coming out. I have my next manuscript is due in 19 days. And then the next manuscript is due in September. So there will be two more coming out after this. And it was worth it, right? I uh, wasn't sure if it was going to work, but I said I'd rather, you know, this not work, but at least be able to say I tried than to live my life with regret. And um, also, I think it's you know, when we, when we use other things as excuses, so I could have easily had said, I'm a new mom. I have this baby home with me. Um, you know, I can't follow my dreams, but I never wanted to be that mom or that person to, that would say like, Hey, this person is the one who got in the way of my success. Um, and I, this probably sounds like I don't like being a mom. I absolutely adore my babies, Um, (laughs) but it's, it's definitely tough being a parent and also, you know, having a career or running a business. Right. So first and foremost, congratulations on the book deal. That is absolutely amazing and really excited to, to know that you're going to be coming back on to amplify the message of those other books as well. <laughs> um, but if people could only take away one thing from thinking like a boss, what do you want that one thing to be and why? Oh, 
This is, this is the type of question I get really stuck because there's so many one things I want to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, close my eyes for a second. And okay. So what I want to say to you is I'm just going to keep it simple. Yes, you actually can. I think that like, keep telling yourself that mantra. Yes, I actually can. Yes, I can. I think it's so easy. Again, like my example of the book, telling myself, I don't know if I can do this and maybe I can't do this. Like maybe it's not possible for me, but like every time you say that, just replace it with, I actually can if I try. And I think if you can tell yourself that you can actually just go and try and give your all when you try, like don't do a half-hearted try, um, but do a full try, then no matter what, whatever the outcome is, you're going to walk away feeling proud of yourself. Like if I had never gotten a book deal, like I would have been disappointed, but I would have been so proud of myself because again, I didn't use that excuse of my babies are home or this other person is keeping me back from my success. Um, I would have been proud of myself because at least I tried. So just start telling yourself I actually can. Yeah, that is huge. I definitely appreciate that share. And to that point, I do want to respect your time, but I want to squeeze a few more questions out of you here. These are a series of questions that we ask everyone on the way out of this interview, which are super personal. Not, I mean, they're personal to you, but first one being, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Oh, I, mm, hmm. now again, this is... I guess um, I didn't really believe when I first started a business that your business is a a true reflection of yourself and what you're experiencing inside, but it has been true. And reminding myself of that has made it so much easier to run my business because again, like every decision I make, I'm like all right, my business is a direct reflection of me. So who am I right now? How am I handling my life? How am I handling my relationships? I have to do this well because I want my business to also succeed. So I think that was something that was hard to hear, but it's something that also really gives me comfort. I love that. Now, Kate, if you could only give out one universal piece of advice for your remaining days here on earth, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. You just like the whole thing with today is the most amount of time you'll ever have. What I want to say is today's the most ready you'll ever be. I think that we think that like the next certification, the next course, the next mastermind, the next, um, degree that we get will feel more ready, but you're actually not going to feel more ready. You're going to take that next thing and you're going to realize, oh man, I don't feel like there's no magic pill. It's all about the internal work. So remembering today's the most ready. And if it's something that you really want, just say yes and then figure it out after. Like, don't worry about it today. Make the commitment today, open up the space to allow it to happen, and then do the, do the work to make it happen. 
That is huge. I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And what I will say is that I know individuals are going to want to connect with you on social after hearing all of this. So I'm going to make sure your social links are in the show notes of this episode. But where do you find yourself hanging out the most? Are you on Instagram the most, Twitter, et cetera? Instagram stories. Instagram stories. Yep. I show the full circus. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Why Instagram stories though? I'm curious. I think it's, so the one thing again that I've learned is like being a mom, I now have two babies that are two and a half and under is making business work for me. So not having excuses like I don't have enough time or I need to be more prepared or have this, this or that. Just having Instagram stories, it feels like something so accessible that I can so easily do. You know, I can sneak off for 15 seconds and post something. Like it's just, it's made my business very easy for me. Right. I love that. I love that. I'm also going to make sure that the, you know, the link to the book and both of your books and, um, you know, like I said, I would love to have you back when the other ones come out. Are, you could find it in the show notes as well. Um, Kate, I definitely appreciate you hopping on here. Truly grateful for it and excited to continuously amplify this message. Thank you so much for having me today. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from Kate herself. Really excited you tuned in for this episode. So make sure you're connecting with Kate through the links in the show notes of this episode. You can find her on social, specifically the gram, which is where she says she hangs out the most. You can grab her book, check out her podcast, visit her website, all in the show notes of this episode. Now on top of that, I always break down three and always super hard, just three points that resonate with me on a super high level. The first one is understanding the true definition of a fool. A fool being someone that knows what they should be doing yet chooses not to do that. Now I'm going to ask you the question, are you being a fool? Think about it. Really, really think about it. And hey, it even comes down to knowing you should be in the gym, but you're skipping the gym. Knowing you should be eating something a little bit more healthy, but you're opting for Wendy's at 2 a.m. Shout out to Wendy's. I did that the other day. But just keeping it real with you, that is the first point I wanted to make, that knowing the true definition of a fool. Second point, I don't really know what I want to do the rest of my life, quote unquote. That is okay, right? Because we are continuously evolving. We're continuously changing. So we're growing in other words. Right. It's okay if you're doing something today, tomorrow, next week, next month. But in two years from now, you're pivoting into something else. That's not to be frowned upon. That's okay. That's part of your evolution. That's the beauty of your evolution. And I want you to own that. I think that is absolutely crucial. And I'm so glad that Kate brought that up. And the last point, number three, you need a team. We've heard this over and over and over again. You need a support system. You need a backbone, whether that's your significant other, whether that's your, you know, close friends, the five closest people to you, whoever it is, you need people that are in your corner for when you're going through the great times and for when you're going through the bad. That's just a part of life. And I highly, highly suggest you get yourself in a community of individuals that are helping you level up, supporting you in your level up. That is an absolute game changer. So again, those three points, knowing the true definition of a fool, I don't really know what I want to do the rest of my life. And number three, having a team, an accountability partner, a mastermind group, some sort of community in which Kate has mentioned and alluded to in this episode. Now, until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.